Welcome to Shades of Grey, the black and white spinoff of Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous, classic horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Hello to all my pod people out there in podcast land. As some of my loyal listeners will know, this is the first Shades of Grey episode for this year. And going forward, you will see lots of changes with this series. I'm working on its own theme music, as well as its own segments, like quick reflections and such. So those will be slowly rolling out through the year. But for this episode, we're going to jump right in. Enjoy. Tonight, I am reviewing the cult classic, The Brain That Wouldn't Die, from 1966. Okay, so we open up on the words, Let me die. Let me die. (laughs) Girl, I've had mornings like this in my early 20s. And in my late 20s. And in my extremely late 20s. (laughs) You know, after a night of... You know, lovely cocktails. (laughs) Let me die. (laughs) Anyway, title card and credits over some nice instrumental music. We open to a room of surgeons working on a patient with some ominous music. I mean, it is a horror movie, so of course it's ominous music. (laughs) So the patient is dead, and the younger doctor, Dr. Bill, wants to try some stuff on the corpse. Ew. Now, Dad, do I have permission to take over and try things my way? The operating room is no place to experiment. He's dead. I can't do any harm. Very well. The corpse is yours. Do what you want to do. All right. Make an opening into the chest cavity. Apply 100 milliamps of current directly to the heart, then massage by hand. I'll handle the brain area. By yourself? By myself. So they cut him open and the older doctor starts massaging his heart and the younger one starts stimulating his brain. If this works, it'll give a whole new meaning to happy ending. (laughs) You know, because of the massaging and the stimulating. No? Okay. Then they ruin the moment by talking about the ethics of what they're doing as the patient starts coming back to life. Look, it was a happy ending. Well, uh, for that guy. (laughs) They close up the chest and he is fine, even after Dr. Old One gave up. I know this is a movie, but in real life, I wonder how many times in history people have just given up a little too soon and the patient could have lived. Ugh, I bet it's a lot. (laughs) So they take the man out to recover from, you know, being dead, I guess. And ooh, the young doctor took off his mask and he's handsome. Not like fall on my knees immediately hot, but still handsome. (laughs) Then we get more talk about the experimenting. That was an amazing, even an extraordinary operation, son. But it still is too risky, too uncontrolled. Saved his life. And the after effects? What about them? You've lost the urge to experiment, to explore. You don't explore on people. Before you put a scalpel to one, an operation like this needs testing under every condition. Over and over again. Rabbits, mice, monkeys, not people. That man who should be dead now won't think so. There's more to surgery than just being a carpenter to patch up walls or a plumber to drain pipes. Our bodies are capable of adjusting in ways we've hardly dreamt of. If we can only find the key... I'm so close now, so very close. The 
key to what? Complete transplantations. To be able to transplant limbs and organs. To be able to replace diseased and damaged parts of the body as easily as we replace eye corneas now. So that the new parts will join together as though they were born there. It can't be done. It can be done. He talks about a new compound he's working on. Ooh, tell me more. But he can't because his fiance Jan, who is the older doctor's daughter, comes in and interrupts. Darling, I'm so proud of you. I could kiss you. Promises, huh? Always promises. <laughs> Careful, your father's liable to report us. <laughs> Stop the floor show. When you two are married, it won't be fun to watch anymore. Well, I can promise you one thing. Your grandchildren won't be test tube babies. Then we learn he's been stealing limbs from the amputee surgeries for his experiments. Ew. We learn that the doctor's cabin is where he does his experiments. And he tells his fiance in a few more weeks that they'll get married. Mm-hmm, sure. Few more weeks. That's what you said 50 stolen limbs ago. <laughs> now a nice driving scene up to the cabin. I'm sorry, but this fiancé sounds like a moron during this trip. So he starts to speed up. And, uh-oh, reckless driving in a convertible on a winding road. Uh-uh. And bam, he goes through the guardrail and flies out of the car. I guess he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. But what about his fiancé? Oh, don't worry, she was wearing her seatbelt. And she's still in the burning, twisted wreck over there. Mm. <laughs> So he puts his coat in the car and wraps something up and takes it out and then walks off into the woods towards the cabin. And he's running for a bit, but he finally makes it to... Wait, this place is like a palace, not a cabin. Did he say cabin at the beginning or mansion? I don't know. Also, I mean, everybody probably already knows this, but this had to be heavily influenced by Frankenstein. I mean, hello. Any all. He gets there, and we meet his assistant, and he gets to work saving what was ever in his coat. I mean, it's a mystery. Uh, what's the name of this movie again? Oh, uh. So, we see lots of lab equipment and bubbling flasks and coils and tense music and assistant looking grim. And the clock on the wall telling us it's been a while, and bam! The head comes into focus. are deceiving me what you see is real what's done is done and what i've done is right it's the work of science i remember fire burning So the head wakes up and can talk, but um, where is she getting the air? She has no lungs. I guess minor plot hole. There'll be bigger ones later. <laughs> also, when reading about this movie, I found out that the head in this movie is lovingly referred to as Jan in the pan. And that's a hoot. <laughs> Come on, Jan in the pan. 
Anyway, it seems that they need to find a body for her soon, and they only have about 50 hours. Interesting number. So now we get to see what's in the closet and why the assistant called the doctor there in the first place. Before he opens the door, you can hear weird sounds. And he opens the small window in the door and gross sounds come out and he almost pukes. So they have to keep whatever's in there locked up. But we don't get to see it, which kind of makes it worse. I mean, there's nothing scarier than what's in my mind. Oh, anyway. As the doctor talks about a new body for Jen in the pan, it seems to me he has flipped out, girl. I've got to think about her now. I've got to find her a body. How are you going to go about getting one? Bill, how will you do it? There are ways. There are ways. Cut to Dr. Bill body shopping at a cabaret called the Moulin Rouge, of course, with a pretty blonde burlesque dancer slash stripper slash hooker. I don't know. Whatever. No shame. After the show, the dancer stripper hooker leads Dr. Bill to a back area. Ooh, maybe another happy ending. <laughs> what took you so long? What made you think I'd come? You know a good thing when you see it. Yeah, there was plenty to see. I liked your act. Is that all you liked? Well, your costume, what there was of it, was interesting. Is that all? The rest of the equipment is standard. But, uh, the arrangement is pretty special. You know, tourists just looking at the site. What are you doing here, slumming? Well, I get my allowance once a week. Okay, if you're so loaded, you pay for the drinks. I already did. Are you hustling for the house? I hustle for myself. Cut back to Jan in the pan saying, let me die. Then we cut back to the blonde hooker and Dr. Bill uh, kissing as the brunette hooker walks in and interrupts them. And the blonde is jealous, but then the doctor leaves because, you know, too many witnesses, I guess. Then we get this fun moment as the blonde and the brunette catfight. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I wish these were two drag queens. It would give such an interesting layer to this movie and the doctor wouldn't have known because he left and they started fighting and ripping off wigs and padding and lashes <laughs> what a hoot cut back to the head and she starts talking to the thing in the closet she realizes she's not the first you in fact the closet what has he done to you i know there's someone there Knock once if you hear me. Then I'm not the first. Knock twice if I'm not the first. He should have let me die. I hate him for what he's done to me. If he only knew what it's like being like this, do you know what it's like? Together we could have revenge. You want revenge? brain's still untouched and his keeping me alive has given me a power he didn't count on power that you can feel across this room and through that door can't you
we find out that Jen in the pan has a power in the brain now that's been unlocked because she doesn't have a body. She's all pissed that he didn't let her die in the crash. She won't let it go. So the assistant comes down into the lab basement to see what the knocking and noises are and to make sure that the closet is locked. Then the head starts laughing at him and asks him what's behind the door. and often lose themselves in error and darkness. Behind that door is the sum total of Dr. Cordner's mistakes. We find out that the assistant used to be a surgeon, but they had to amputate his arm, and that's why he lets the doctor experiment on him, replacing his arm over and over. But it always fails. I mean, I guess that's what all the severed limbs from the hospital were for. So the assistant and Jan in the pan start talking about side effects of uh, Dr. Bill's new serum that's giving her an unnamed power. So she uses her unnamed power to get the creature in the closet to bust out. So the assistant runs, then Dr. Bill shows up and goes up to bed and then nothing happens. Okay. <laughs> Next morning, the doctor drives off in a different convertible, driving around, scoping out women like a total creeper. Ugh. He pulls up on an old intern, Donna, who wants him to judge a local beauty pageant. So she just jumps in his car, and he says he needs to stop at his place first. Then another girl in this awful dress with these puff sleeves in the middle of the day, ugh, jumps in and saves the first girl because now he can't go back to his place. So they just go to the pageant. Now's Miss Body Beautiful Pageant. As Dr. Bill is looking at all five of the finalists, Donna reminds him of someone from his past. She has the second nicest body I've ever seen. Second to you? No, another girl, figure model. You remember that one in school years ago? The one who had the accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doris, uh... Doris Powell. Yeah, she's still around? Few people see her nowadays. She just stays in her studio posing for art classes and camera bugs. Figure model. Poses for art classes. The nicest body she's ever seen. The nicest body... Maybe this is the one. She's got to be. I can keep Jan alive only for a few more hours. I've got to find her body. And, uh, we never get to see the last finalist of the pageant. Rigged. Rigamorous. Girl. Anyway. Cut to Jan in the pan, and she knows what the doctor is thinking, and what he's going to do to get her a body. She says that she's got to stop him. Cut back to Dr. Bill heading off to find the woman from his past, Doris, with the best body, but the worst name. <laughs> so he finds Doris, and she's in a room full of photographers, taking her picture in this skimpy leopard bikini. Then she dismisses them as Bill waits to speak to her. 
We find out that she hates all men because of her accident, quote-unquote. It was done by a man. Then she reveals this big scar on the side of her face that she hides with her hair. So he starts to convince her that he can help her with her scar, then tells her the truth. <laughs> Why should you want to do this for me? What's in it for you? I'm going to make your face beautiful again. Cut it off and give your body away. <laughs> She falls for it, Avi. And he convinced her to come to the country estate. Now it's a country estate. Before it's a cabin. Whatever. Cut to the monster in the closet trying to break open the closet door. And Janet in the paint is so angry. Girl, for somebody with just a head, you got lots of emotions. So then the assistant comes down to feed the monster in the closet and gets into an argument with Janet in the pan. I mean, how ridiculous would it be to just be sitting there arguing with a head? <laughs> Be like me arguing with one of my wig heads. Oh, wait, I kind of do that. Anyway, um, so then while he's distracted, the assistant, the monster reaches out under command of the head and rips off the assistant's good arm. <laughs> he couldn't have just ripped off the bad one. Anyway, and the assistant tries to get away but can't get out of the front door. Jan in the pan laughs as the assistant stumbles back into the basement and bleeds out and dies. But he kind of deserved it. I mean... That's what happens when you force someone to stay in the closet. <laughs> Guess who's home? Bill and Doris. You and your father live here? Only on weekends when we want to get away from the city. This place certainly is lonely. Well, the further from prying eyes, the better. I mean, it's nice and quiet here. We can get away from the noise and telephones. Oh, I guess it is. Well, sit down, sit down. I'll fix us a drink, huh? My father should be back soon. You mean he's not here now? Oh, come on now, Doris. Do I look like a maniac who goes around killing girls? Now you've got to learn to trust people. Oh, people like me, really. I'm sorry. I trust you. I trust you with my life. Well, I can't ask for any more than that. So Dr. Bill goes into the basement and finds the dead assistant. He's like, whatever. He makes some drinks for him and Doris. Obviously a Cosby colada for her. So she passes out, and he carries her to the basement. Jan in the pan says, you can't do this. So he preps everything to start the transplant and tapes the head's mouth shut. As he's about to cut into Doris, the monster starts banging on the closet door. And the doctor gets close to the door and the monster grabs the doctor through that little door. They really need to lock that little door. And then he breaks down the whole door and we finally get to see the monster. And it's pretty good for a 1966 monster. Not as bad as what I was imagining, but still pretty hideous. Then the lab catches fire, and the monster attacks the doctor, and bites a chunk off of his face. And then the monster grabs Doris and just carries her away as the head says, I told you to let me die. And then laughing at the end. <laughs> so the doctor and Jen in the pan burn to death, maybe? We don't see it, and we know that the closet monster got away. So do you think they were thinking of a sequel? I don't know. I don't know what you would do with a sequel. I wonder if you could remake this today. I don't know. Well, anyway, that was The Brain That Wouldn't Die from 1966. Now, I really think they should have, you know, workshopped that name a little more because it doesn't really seem to fit. Because it's more about a head and a pan and a closet monster and a mad scientist kind of idea. 
the brain is in the head. I understand that. But there was no, you know, like the brain that wouldn't die. I mean, it would have died if they had let her die like she wanted. It could have died. It should have died. But the brain that wouldn't die. Mm, see, I don't I don't see that working unless they make a sequel and it's still alive. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, it was a fun movie, but I think they should have built up the beginning more and not just jump to the accident as quickly as they did. But it is a little late for rewrites, isn't it? <laughs> it's a fun movie to watch. It's weird and kind of goofy when you think about it. So I give The Brain That Wouldn't Die 7 out of 10. Who won the beauty pageant? <laughs> Feel free to message me any comments, questions, concerns, or other classic movie recommendations on any of my socials. And all that info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, that's enough Jan in the pan for me tonight. As always, keep watching classic scary movies. Bye-bye. Cheap, very great stripper. You are my wife. You're cheap, Lee.